0: Time now for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber.
1: Brought to you by Slim and Brothers. Offering everyday low prices, expert advice, and free delivery.
0: St. Louis Blues are going to head east. They've got a game at Boston tomorrow and then at Buffalo on Thursday. And Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, joins us, as he does every Monday on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, it was fun to see you over the weekend and good to work together on Friday. Had a great time. And, man, what a fascinating gentleman Lutz Fon and Steele is.
2: I, You know what? I, I was fascinated before doing research on him and learning about him, hearing him talk. Um, I'm even more fascinated now. I mean, such... You, you got done talking to him for an hour and a half straight, and you you just felt good. He's one of those guys that just just exudes positivity. And speaking of that, Randy, real quick, before we get into the hockey side, we should give a huge shout-out. How about St. Louis and Tim Reed? Just played his 250th game for Fulham, so that's a, a heck of a milestone. They lost yesterday, but they're just a couple wins away from uh, winning promotion back up there. So uh, keeping with the theme that we when talking with Lutz, congratulations to Tim as well on uh Quite a milestone over in
0: England. Definitely.
1: Absolutely, Curbs. Good shout-out for Tim Ream there. Well, Curbs, we have the Boston Bruins on deck tomorrow and the Blues pregame starting at 5, uh, 5 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. That's going to be a big matchup. And I think regardless of, the, of how the Bruins are doing this season, that's one that I think a lot of Blues fans are always going to circle when you have that Stanley Cup final rematch.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's still fresh. I know Boston lost yesterday to Washington by a score of 4-2. to two. So they're going to be a little fired up and they're kind of like the blues. They're a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde from one night to the next. You're just not exactly sure what type of game, you know, you're going to get. So they slip down to that first wild card spot and albeit they have 95 points. But guys, when you look at the East versus the West, I think the, the East numbers are inflated a little bit. You know, you take, for example, and I'll tell you what, I think the competition in the bottom half of the East is, is so much worse than the competition in the West. For example, like teams uh teams 9, 10 and 11 in the east they're i, I think they're like one game under or one game over 500 uh, combined but they're like 100 a minus 110 and in the in in the west those same teams are like plus 20 in terms of games over 500 and then you know their goal differential is like a plus 15 it really is something different so it ought to be a, a really good game they struggle to find some consistency and that the Boston Bruins have Um, But this one kind of feels like it could be an old-fashioned grudge match.
0: Uh, and I can't wait to see it. Curbs one other thing about the Bruins: if the playoffs started today as the number one wild card, they would play Carolina in the first round. Even if they jump Tampa, though, and they're in the division, they play Toronto in the first round. The matchups in the East. And by the way, if you look at it, anybody, even the second wild card, Washington, could wind up in the finals. That should be an amazing playoff in the Eastern Conference to determine who wins the the, the East. And right from the first round, if you have. Florida and Washington. That's going to be an unbelievable series. Toronto against Boston. Toronto against Tampa Bay. Carolina uh, against Washington or Boston. The Rangers and the Penguins. It doesn't matter. The first round is going to be great in the East.
2: There are going to be four extremely disappointed teams in the Eastern Conference. Now, I realize we'll say the same thing in terms of the West, but if, for example, if Colorado were to play Dallas right now, which is the way it is as of today, nobody's going to be surprised if Colorado won and you'd actually be pretty shocked if if Dallas won that game I don't think you're going to be all that shocked if Washington ended up beating Carolina I mean there is to me you might have statistically a favorite but every single one of those series right now in the east you could consider a bit of a coin flip absolutely it's fascinating
1: Curbs one trend that we had seen from the Blues this year is that they tended to have to come back in games with the opposition scoring first. And in their past five wins, the Blues have bucked that trend. They scored first in five straight. Do you think that that's been a difference in some of the play that we're seeing from the Blues?
2: Michelle, I think it's been huge. Uh, And and another cool little nugget to, uh, to what you just brought up there, in four of the last five games where the Blues have scored first, Robert Thomas has either scored it or assisted on the goal. Wow. But I, I think I think it's a huge thing because the vibe of getting that first goal and feeling like you've gotten to your game, the, the vibe of feeling some early success in the game. Or even if it's zero zero, you know, after the first period like it was against the coyotes, but then you get that first goal of the second period. It makes a huge difference. And for a team who's psyche, you know, when a goal would go in, you might see the heads drop a little bit, getting that first goal over a series of games builds it back up. Look, the one one thing this team knows it's been able to do all season long is score goals. But when you have to chase it too much, that's a problem. They know they can come back, but they were chasing far too many far too early, so I don't think it's any surprise – that they've gone 6-0-1 in their last seven and have scored first and five uh, straight. That's that's a huge reason for it.
0: Curbs, if the playoffs started today, the Blues would be at Minnesota. The Blues 25-9-4 and at home, 17-11-6 on the road. And Billy Huso is way better at home than on the road. But it seems like the Blues are going to have to win some road games down the stretch here. Seven out of ten left on the road if they're going to get home ice to start the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and you know what, Randy? It's not necessarily an easy schedule from that standpoint. So they'll leave for Boston today. And then you've got Buffalo. And look, normally, you know, a little while back, you might have just kind of checked off that Buffalo one and said, well, that should be a win, right? And you're going to play your fourth line a lot. That Buffalo team has been playing some really good hockey, and they're feeling a groove right now. So then you come home for the quick one against Minnesota, road game in Nashville. Then you're going out to San Jose and Anaheim and and a four-game road trip that goes to San Jose, Arizona, back to California for Anaheim, then to Colorado however the blues finish off whether they finish off in in second or third and right now it's looking like that's a pretty legit way of looking at it if they take care of business but whether they get home ice advantage or not and that could be huge is going to come down to road play they've been better on the road but they're going to have to be even you know more uh, you know and i think it was it was the Minnesota coach after the you know, last time we played. So we just, our, our attention to detail. We've got to put more attention to detail. Well, that's the same thing the Blues are going to have to do. Attention to detail. Keep it simple on the road. But where they finish and how they finish is going to be dictated by road play now for the Blues.
1: Uh, strong performance from Jordan Biddington on Saturday, Curbs, getting a couple of really big saves early. I thought was great for his confidence. But just the, the game in general, being able to get that one versus the Islanders, you hope that that's something that he can build on moving forward.
2: There. So... If you go down the elevators to the to the lower level, the suite elevators, and uh, that's the kind of sometimes the route I take when I go into the media room and to, to meet with the head coach. And Craig Baruby's availability was in the evening instead of the morning skate before that game. Well, uh, one of our longtime uh, guests, the uh, security guest guys, there is Hank, and we always see we always predict the scores. Now Hank gets three two. Everybody knows when you everybody that walks by Hank gives him a score. Hank always gets three to two, and uh, you know he's he's sort of like taking you know the seven out of the crap scheme, if you will, if you pyramid that thing out. So, uh, so I looked at him and I said, uh, I said, I said, Hank, it's it's three nothing or it's four nothing. Either way, I'm calling a shutout in this one. I just, <laughs> I just, he just had a feeling for Bennington. Now he didn't get the shutout, but he would have if that puck doesn't deflect off of Colton Pareco. He was he was really good. You're glad he felt it, and then I think moving forward, because I still think there's another three, if not four, starts in his future here. If he regains even more of that confidence, and he had a little bit of swagger to him in that game, uh, holy smokes is that going to be good, because I just think with the way the schedule's set up, and every other day, um, I think at some point in time, he's going to be needed uh, even in the postseason.
0: Hey, Curbs, it's interesting how the outlook of the defense, I I guess the, not the outlook, but just the shape of the defense has changed over the year. When when the the season started, we all thought that Mikola would ascend. We thought Perunovic would be a big part of it. And Jake Wallman was a part of it. It really is interesting how different that defense looks from an experience standpoint now.
2: Randy, this one's one's kind of fascinating. So you're right. Uh, And and Mikola did ascend. I think Mikola has had a pretty good season. He's going to continue to develop, right? But you know they never really had full faith in Jake Wallman for whatever reason, and and Perunovich's the injuries uh, have just been an issue for him, and, and of course the latest one to his wrist was a big one that's that's kept him out of good, another good chunk of the season. So they go and they get Nick Letty. When Tory Krug returns, and I don't know if he's going to be able to return this trip or not, we'll find out. But when Tori Krug returns, and you make the assumption that you know that, that it's going to be Callie Rosen sitting out. So your sixth defenseman will be Pareco and Scandella, Falk and uh, Falk and Krug, and Letty and Bortuzzo, and mix them up however you want. However you want to do the pairings. The crazy thing about that is Colton Pareco has the fewest amount of years' experience in the league of all of them.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
2: And now now Robert Bortuzzo has got more years, but just because he's been in and out of the lineup over his career, I think Colton Pareco has got nine nine more games played than Robert Bortuzzo. But if you think about that, the least amount of experience is like 480 games for any one of those six defensemen. So, And Joe, Joe Vitale touched on this a lot. As the Blues head towards the playoffs, you kind of get the feeling that the veteran nature and the veteran players have kind of taken this team back over with the style of play. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that group does defensively in the playoffs because not only do they have experience and not only do you have Bortuzzo, Pareko, Letty, that have won Stanley Cups. You've got Scandella with experience of going to the second round several times. You know, you've you've got you've got Falk that's gone to a conference final. I mean, you you've got plenty of experience in that group, and I, I think it's going to be huge down the stretch.
0: Kerbs, one last thing: Can you imagine being in Colorado's shoes, working so hard to win the President's Trophy? They've got 100. And, how many points do they have? 110 right now. They could go through the whole season. And get to the playoffs and play a Vegas team that gets Stone and Riley Smith back there on LTIR, arrested and ready. Robin Leonard, the the Vegas Golden Knights have won five of six. You might see Colorado against a full, healthy Vegas in the first round. Wouldn't that be awesome?
2: I mean, wouldn't that just be? First off, none of us, uh, none of us are going to feel uh, feel sorry for Mad Stan out there in Colorado, are we? No, you know, so. So I think, I think that'd be some great, cronky karma coming on that one if that were to happen. Uh, you know, but And you know the hard part about feeling that way about that guy is the coaches out there like Jared Bednar and, uh, and Ray Bennett and Nolan Pratt, like they're terrific, terrific guys. They're actually the kind of people you really want to root for. And I absolutely, I know everybody's focused on McDavid. I love watching Nathan McKinnon play. And right now Nathan McKinnon is a better all-around player than Connor McDavid. In, in my book. But you're right. Now, what's happened, though, Randy, is if the Dallas Stars could fend off Vegas, that's one thing. But L.A. yesterday had a 3 nothing lead on Minnesota, end up losing that game 6-3, to three, and the Los Angeles Kings, who have lost three in a row, now have just a two-point lead on Las Vegas, and Vegas has a game in hand. So after having an amazing season for 73 or 70 games, the L.A. Kings, if Vegas stays on a roll, could find themselves missing the playoffs and Vegas could end up slipping in. Now, if you ask me, I hope, like, oh, hell, that Vegas misses. You know, I, I really do. I, I I don't want to see all of a sudden those guys start playing on the first day of the first of the playoffs when they've been hitting on LTIR this year. So I hope that strategy comes back to bite them, and I think it'd be good for the league if it does.
0: I just want to see the theater of that first round matchup and especially and one of the reasons that I would hate it by the way is because of the way they've attacked the cap and the fact that they would be able to bring a Stone and a Smith back off of LTIR like Kucherov a couple of years ago with with Great. Tampa but the theater of that particular first round matchup would be fantastic.
2: It would be it would absolutely be epic without a shred of doubt. And, you know, the league had tried to address the, – the general managers got together to address that long-term IR thing, and they decided it's really not that big of an issue. What really bit everybody was when – two years ago, when they when they did it with Kucherov, um, and it was the fact that Kucherov bragged about it. It was the fact that yeah. he made T-shirts about it. So he comes off of IR, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you could find the Vegas Golden Knights playing in the playoffs. When you've had a salary cap of $81 million all season long, they could play in the playoffs so that with a, a – a, Salary total of their players totaling over a hundred million. Right, and and I, th- there's something wrong with that, and it does need to be addressed. But um, yeah, Kucherov really didn't do anybody any favors by bragging about it and letting everybody basically know he was healthy. He could have come off sooner, and they didn't do it. And uh, that, that's put a real spotlight on Las Vegas here. If they do come out, and all of a sudden Stone is ready to go on day one.
0: Curbs have a great trip. Enjoy the food in Boston and Buffalo, and uh, we will talk to you soon.
3: All right. Have an awesome week. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's the voice of the blues. Chris Kerber on one Oh one ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard host of Plugged In with Chris Howard, the college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday. And as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio state losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick savings, citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance. When you consider Bama's best win is over Texas.